This podcast is presented to you by High Desert Word Center in Barstow, California. For more information, visit hdwc.org. I'm here glad we got the grace to make it through the summer again. Amen. I just realized a while ago, tomorrow, Thursday, will mark 14 years since my feet first set feet on California soil. Amen. Yeah, 14 years ago tomorrow, we landed in uh, Ontario and got up to Barstow, and I thought, where's the green? All I heard was California's a green state. They talk about green, said we're going green. I thought, they didn't look green to me, it looks brown. But we found out there's about a different kind of green. But anyway, we're used to it now, and last night we were coming back from I forget what you was. I somewhere and I, anyway, I showed I showed Ben and the family. I said that's that, that that's our most favorite mountains right there. You know the mountains all become beautiful to us after about seven years. <laughs> but it was so different. You know, Pastor David, I were in Minnesota two weeks ago. And we saw the green up there and all the lakes and the ponds and rivers and the streams. Didn't phase me a bit. David, and I both said let's get back to California. Get back to get back to God's country where He's got us at. We're on assignment. How many here know you're on assignment? <clears throat> Amen. We're on assignment. We're all we're all missionaries to this world. We're sent to this world to change the world, and because of that, we need to make use of the gifts of the Holy Ghost. And that's what we're talking about: is the gifts of the Holy Ghost. This will be part four tonight. How many here has been on those first three lessons? We have good several of you. That's really good. You know, you can always go back on the podcast and hear them and take good notes and look at them. But the times we live in are really some very, very terrible times in the world. But Jesus said we're in the world, not of the world. Amen. We're, we're in this world to make a difference. And, you know, I heard, I heard a preacher say years ago that if all there was to Christianity was we get to go to heaven, that everybody, as soon as they receive Jesus, might as well take their last breath and go to heaven. But we're supposed to bring heaven down to earth. And so after we're born again... We want to live long, live strong, enjoy life. But the main thing is we want to be a good witness for Jesus. Take His love and His power to our generation. Be able to affect people and truly help people get the victory in life over over demons, over sickness, disease, over circumstances and things in life. And we need the Holy Ghost, the power of the Holy Ghost to do that and know how to cooperate with Him. I want to show you a couple books out of the bookstore. This is the Holy Spirit as Gifts. It's a good Bible study course. And I've had this, my, my copy of this for almost 40 years. Brother Hagen put it out a long time ago. And I'm studying it right now again for this series, refreshing myself and seeing things. And I've been stirred by a lot of things I've learned through this book and through Brother Hagen. I was personally around him many times before he went to heaven and saw him teach on these in person and saw him flow in these. And I've flowed in lots and lots and lots over the years. But this book here, I highly recommend this book. If you're a Christian that's hungry to know more about God and the gifts of the Spirit. And then here's one called Baptism in the Holy Spirit. And I know most of you have been baptized in the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues. But if you haven't, and you're still like Melinda used to be. (laughs) Hold your hand up, Melinda. When she came here years ago, she was a skeptic. She'd been uh, probably taught wrong in some church things and... And heard wrong, but I kept telling like I do here, study the Bible yourself, read the Bible yourself, study the scriptures yourself, and pray with an open heart 
and an open mind and let Jesus talk to you. And so every time I showed books like this, Belinda bought them. And she didn't just take them home and lay them down. She took them home with her Bible, open heart, and prayed to the Lord and said, Father, in the name of Jesus, I've always heard this, but this pastor saying this, but I don't really care what do you say. She got those books. She studied those books. She started her Bible. And next thing you know, she's one of us. And now she's so fruitful so many areas of ministry that she's the one that's the manager of the bookstore as she orders all the Holy Spirit books and all the Holy Ghost books. How many want all that God's got for you? Amen. So study the Bible and always be open to Jesus to show you what the Bible has to say. And open up again to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1. Did I hear a, a faint cry of excitement? Very faint. That means you're thirsty and you want more. That's just like the man out in the desert. I was, I was telling Ben yesterday, we all got all these bottles of water in our car there. Every time we get the water in the car, the pastor throws a couple more bottles in there. Now we get in the car, you got bottles rolling everywhere. I said, that's okay. If we ever happen to get caught out somewhere, that water, those bottles are going to be so good. Well, the Holy Spirit, Jesus teaches us, water is a, a type of the Spirit. The Spirit, the Spirit and water He talks about out of the belly flow, wells of water, rivers of living water. So that's a type of the Spirit. And so when you're thirsty, and the pastor says, First Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1, you're going, Woo! Woo! I need water! I need more. We're going to water you tonight. You're going to get something from the Holy Spirit tonight. We've looked at this verse so many times. 1 Corinthians 12.1 Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. And anybody here knows that the word ignorant doesn't mean you're dumb, doesn't mean you're stupid. It means there's a subject being discussed that you don't know about yet because you haven't been taught. I, on, the, on the way out the car, I told Ben, I said, Ben, before you leave, I want you to teach me some things about my grass so I can grow better grass, because Ben's been to college for that. He's learned all about the grasses, and he's a farmer and all that kind of stuff there, and farmed for lots of years back in Indiana, the stuff he does. And so I know I know a little bit about grass, but why don't I learn off somebody who knows a whole lot more than I do, so I'm not ignorant about grass. doesn't mean I'm dumb. just means he's got more knowledge. And so when it comes to spiritual gifts, the one I know that knows the best is the Holy Spirit that inspired the men to write the Bible. And so if I want to know about Holy Spiritual gifts and not be ignorant, then I want to read the Bible. Because the Holy Spirit's what inspired men. You know, I, 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 I saw years ago, back in Indiana, people were more uh, denominationalized where they thought about tongues and the Holy Ghost and things like that. But out in California, we had more heathen and ignorant people, didn't know anything. So they're just hungry, don't fight about spiritual things, just want to learn. But back back in Indiana, we had a lot of people... You know, debated all the time about tongues. Was it of God or was it the devil or was it just men that just emotionalism and things like that? And you know what? I, as a, as a young pastor, when I studied the Word of God and I read in First Corinthians chapter 14, Paul said, I thank my God I speak in tongues more than y'all. I thought, wow. Paul said he spoke in tongues more than anybody else and he wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. And so right then I decided... I would rather take the word of a tongue talker 
that wrote about the Bible that somebody's never done it and tell me it wasn't for today. Makes sense to me. How about you? Amen. And so he says, I have you not be ignorant. And we've looked at a lot of these verses. So for the sake of our time tonight, to be able to make sure I hit our goal, I want to jump down to verse 7. He says, the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. Or my center, center column says the Greek word for with all says to profit all. And so the manifestation of the Spirit, he calls the gifts of the Spirit the manifestations of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit showed, off, showed up to demonstrate and do some things. But he says to profit. He says to profit the body. To profit, profit us Christians is to profit the world. The manifestations of the gifts of the Holy Ghost, it says, are to profit. And, you know, I think about in business, you know, they got profit and loss statement. And if it's loss, if you're in the negative, that means you're going the wrong direction. But if, but if you're in the, in, in the black, if you're profiting, you're going the right direction. So he says the Holy Spirit manifestation of the gifts are to take us up, take us in the right direction. Says the manifestation is given to every man to profit with all. It doesn't say given to every prophet or every teacher or every apostle. It says to all. And so what we're getting that is our church is not going to be called a spirit filled church in name only. We're going to operate as a spirit filled church. Amen. The believers at our church are going to learn the word of God. And see demonstration of the Spirit as He wills and be used in the gifts of the Spirit in church. Plus out there in the world. They need what we have out there. Your families need manifestation of the Spirit through you. Your co-workers need manifestations of the Spirit through you. You need to know the difference between demon spirits and the Holy Spirit. In Luke chapter 11, Jesus said, that if you ask, it said if a father asks, if a son asks his father for bread, will you give him a stone? Said if you ask, it said if you ask for a fish, will you give him a scorpion? He said no. He said how much more will your heavenly Father give good gifts, the Holy Spirit, to them that ask? And so if you have the Holy Spirit, because you've asked Jesus for the Holy Spirit, then you've got the good Spirit in you already, have been taught by the Word of God. You don't have to be afraid. For God to use you to help people and think it's a demon. Demons don't help people, they hurt people. Amen. And so he said, the manifestation is given to every one of us to profit all. And then look at verse 11. He lists the gifts of Spirit, verse 8 through 10. But they said, all these, uh, that one and the self-same Spirit says dividing are distributed to every man severally. Well, that doesn't mean several. It says individually. Distributing to every man individually as he will. As he will. And so what that means is this. The Holy Spiritual, the gifts of the Spirit are not something we turn off and turn on and we say, I'm going to decide that I'm going to prophesy and tell who you're going to marry. I'm just going to decide that you've got a demon spirit because I don't like the way you act. It's as the Holy Spirit wills that we see things and we know things, and things happen through us. You know, I think about in my life as a pastor, uh, God, God has always used me pretty much in the word of knowledge. 
in prophecy, which we know from previous studies, 1 Corinthians 14.3 says, it's not foretelling the future, speaking unto men to edification, exhortation, and comfort. That is used me the gifts of healings almost from the time I was filled with the Holy Ghost. But what I was getting, what I was getting to was this. There's been so many times that I have felt absolutely dead as a doorknob spiritually and I've prayed for people. The gifts of healing has happened where there's people instantly healed right up here at the altar. I didn't feel anything because it wasn't just a believer laying hands on the sick. It was the gifts of healing. So I'll never forget the time here a few years ago. I had a lady. She wasn't real spiritual about anything. Just a regular old lady, a casual church attender came up here on a Wednesday night just like this. Whatever I was teaching, I don't even remember. Came here to the service and said, Pastor said, I'm getting ready to have cataract surgery on both eyes. I can't hardly see. And said, said, I'd like you to pray for me. Said, I really don't want to have that surgery. So I just prayed the regular prayer I could pray. And instantly they dissolved right there. That wasn't believers laying hands on the sick. That was the gifts of healings and operation that caused those to dissolve. And we've had things like that happen so many times in our services that God was to demonstrate not only here, but out of the public. I remember one time back in about 1980, probably would have been 81, 1981, back in Indiana, I was on a federal jury in the federal building downtown Indianapolis, and lots of, lots of great things were happening. But I, but I was down in the lobby of the federal building, and it was totally packed with people. That wasn't a real spiritual atmosphere, because, you know, the IRS is there, and Lots of federal stuff and things like that. People don't come in there feeling real spiritual like they're worshiping Jesus. It's a totally, totally, totally hustle-bustle atmosphere with a whole lot of confusion, a lot of scared people running around. And I bumped into this little little old lady, and she said, uh, Can you tell me where the lost and found is? She lost something. And I looked up, and they had one of those, this where they had all the modern light things that light up the flash things. Remember the old signs that had the black right that put the white letters on, told you stuff? Well, I said, well, there's a sign right there. I said, it says lost and found right there. And the lady said, but I can't see that far. Said, said, I've got cataracts. And said, I'm legally blind. I said, oh. And all I did, well, I looked at her and thought, oh boy. I said, would you like Jesus to get rid of those cataracts right here, right now? And he said, I surely would. And so I led her over to the side and wake people up against the wall there. And all I did was laid hands on her. And when I did, she started crying. And she said, I could see. And that wasn't a believer praying, praying for the sick. That was the gifts of healings manifested, set her free. I remember another time up in Noblesville, Indiana, in the gifts of the Spirit, Mrs. Pastor and I were going door to door in Noblesville, and we was in a little poor neighborhood by Firestone, you know where Firestone is in Noblesville. Little old, little old, little old houses, little old shacks, like they got around some of these desert places here, they got in Indiana too, except it's not desert. Knocked on this door, this little old place, and this lady answered the door. And uh, anyway, long story short, she was paralyzed on one side and blind in one eye. And so Mr. Pastor and I were, said, we're knocking on the door for Jesus. And he told us to knock on doors and ask, is there any sick among you? Because that's one of the things that Jesus sent his disciples to do. He sent them out two by two. How many familiar with that? Sent them out two by two and said, pray for the sick. Cast out devils. Freely receive, freely give. So he told us to knock on doors and ask if he's sick. And so the lady said, I've been praying for somebody to come past and pray for me. Said she'd had a stroke. She was paralyzed on one side and blind in that eye. And so I went to pray for her. 
And the Holy Spirit said, don't pray for her. Said that's a spirit of infirmity. And the Bible, Luke chapter 18, this woman had a spirit of infirmity. And so Jesus cast that demon out of her. She got healed because he got rid of the devil. So sometimes in cases when you're dealing with people, if you don't deal with the right cause, you're not going to get the results you need. And so that was called a word of knowledge. We're going to talk about these gifts. I, I wasn't even planning on going this direction. It just happened, so I'll go with it. And so discerning the spirits is a revelation gift where you actually see a demon if it's there. But word of knowledge tells you what's there. So he said, that's a spirit of infirmity. Tell it to go. And so I just pointed my finger at the lady. I said, you spirit of infirmity, loose her, let her go. That's what Jesus told him. I said, loose her, let her go. When I said that, she started shaking and crying and said she was tingling all over. And then she started moving that side that was messed up. And then she said she could see. Her eye was opened up. I didn't lay hands on her. The word of knowledge said it was a demon, so I got rid of the demon. And that was supernatural that God did through a believer. I wasn't a preacher then. I was just a believer. And you're believers. And so anyway, he used me to set that lady free. And that's how God does things. He wants to use all of us. But we have to know what the Bible has to say. And we have to be willing for him to use us. Amen. Amen. Somebody shout for Jesus. <clears throat> and so he says that, that, that verse 11, all these worketh that one the self-same spirit distributing to every man individually as he will. This is something we've got to get. We're living in a time that more than ever before, Jesus wants to use you and me in supernatural ways to demonstrate his love and his deliverance to hurting Christians as well as unsaved people. He wants to demonstrate through us. And because of wrong teaching and preachers operating in the flesh, I want to say it again, too many preachers operate in the flesh and under the influence of familiar spirits sometimes, too many pastors have shut down the manifestation of the Holy Spirit in their congregations. Well, it's time for us to become New Testament. It's time for our congregation not to just say we're a Spirit-filled church, but to function as a Spirit-filled church. It's time for the preachers, modern day Holy Ghost preachers, to quit being afraid of wrong things. But to teach the congregations what the Bible has to say. And then let the people listen to the Holy Spirit so God can do what He wants to do. And I want to say this. It's always been, it's always been my, my philosophy as a pastor. This is a safe place for you to make mistakes if you're going to make mistakes. You know, I've, I've told my staff, I've told my leadership for years for our services, if God's given you something, speak it out. After something wrong about it, I'm not going to embarrass you, but I'm going to talk to you afterwards. I'm going to say, hey, you know what? Here's what was wrong with that according to the Word. But if it's right, guess what? Your confidence builds up because God used you. And you blessed people. And you helped people. And if your confidence gets strong here, then out there, when Jesus gives you something on the job or with your family or somewhere else, your confidence is up there. That I know God. I know the Holy Spirit. He's used me before. He'll use me again. And so that's what God wants to do. He wants, he wants us to be trained and become familiar with the Holy Spirit and then recognize when some demon spirit shows up and tries to mess with you and make you look goofy. How many have ever seen goofy, 
quote, spirit-filled Christians do damage. To me, there's nothing in any more damage in the body of Christ to have goofy, quote, spirit-filled Christians out there prophesying to sinners to quit smoking or quit fornicating or quit doing what sinners do. Sinners sin. They need Jesus. Christians are the ones that are supposed to learn how to do right and less and less do the sinning. So sometimes God might use you to encourage a fellow Christian. Man, the last thing you need to do is go tell a sinner how to live. They don't have eternal life yet. They don't have the ability to do right yet. Until they get changed on the inside, they're still who they used to be. As a matter of fact, we looked a few weeks ago at John 8, 44. Jesus said, you have your father the devil, and the lust of your father you will do. He was a liar. He was a murderer from the beginning. And so until people get born again, and receive Jesus as Lord, and God becomes their heavenly Father, all you need to do to them is love them and talk about Jesus to them. And then let them get born again, and then Jesus will take care of the sin part. Amen. And if you don't think they're doing good enough, go look in the mirror at yourself sometimes and judge yourself what you did today. Somebody said amen or oh me. Amen. And so, too many pastors have shut down the manifestation of the Holy Spirit in their congregations. Jesus wants the body of Christ to wake up and rise up in the power and authority and anointing that He's given us to reach the world. Amen. I want to say it again. He wants us to wake up, to rise up, to walk in the anointing, to walk in the power. He's given the body of Christ to reach the world for His glory. And I want to say this. I was thinking about this when I was put this together today, we can't throw out the baby with the bathwater. Just because there's been right things doesn't mean we get rid of everything. Think about tithing. How many here, whether you tithe or not, know that tithing's in the Bible? How many know that? Amen. Well, just because we've had flaky preachers that have fleeced people, do we quit tithing? Amen. Just because, you know, how, how many know that that bankers and lawyers, sometimes we don't like them, but they're needed professions that we need sometimes. Just because there's been crooked lawyers, crooked bankers, or sometimes there's been quack doctors. You say, okay, all doctors are evil. I don't want any doctors anymore because they're all bad. You say, all lawyers are all bad. Or whatever it is, just because there's been a few bad, goofy preachers that have done wrong things doesn't mean to throw the Bible away. Amen. Just because there's been counterfeit money doesn't mean you quit using money. And so it's the same thing with spiritual gifts. Just because there's been weird people, led too many people astray, why should we let the devil steal from us what God gave us? Amen. And so anyway, I'm eager and I'm ready for the Holy Ghost to manifest in our church as often and as much as he wants to. How about you? I want to say that again. I don't think you heard me real good. I'm the pastor. I'm the one that God's put over this church to make sure we head the right direction. And the pastor said, I'm ready for the Holy Ghost to manifest in this church as often and as much as he wants to. I'm never going to try to force something to happen, but I'm going to do my best not to quench it and stop it from happening. Every service I come in here, I'm open to Jesus through the Holy Spirit to call people out. 
to have signs and wonders and miracles every service. I want it. But you notice it says, as he wills. And so, the more we cultivate the atmosphere, that's why we're having these Sunday night worship services. And we'll be having more and more of those. When's the next one? August 11th is the next one. I guess we're going to have one in July. August 11th. But as we give that flow more and more and more and more, you'll see it spill. You're already seeing it start to spill into the Sunday morning, Sunday morning services, what we want. But as that atmosphere is cultivated, the Holy Spirit's going to manifest more and more not because we push a button, because we make him welcome. You know the song we say, Holy Spirit, you are welcome in this place. He wants to be welcome. And we want to see him show up as often as possible. And so anyway, tonight, I want to look at the word of knowledge. At the word of knowledge. And, and you know, I'll look here at 1 Corinthians 12 again before I get into this to show you this, these gifts again. Verse 8. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 8. For, for to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit. And then you get down to verse 10, about the middle of the verse says, and then also to another discerning of spirits. Discerning of spirits. And there's nine spiritual gifts listed here. I just looked at those three because, you know, in times past we've looked at these last few weeks. Those, that's called three revelation gifts. Three gifts that reveal something. Three gifts that reveal something. Then we got three power gifts, the gift of special faith, working in miracles, gifts of healings. That's gifts that do something. And then we got three vocal gifts, three utters gifts. That's the gift of prophecy, interpretation of tongues and tongues. That's the two other vocal gifts. But we're talking about the revelation gifts. And so the word of wisdom, just we're going to be going into detail in another service, but the word of wisdom is God revealing something about the future. The word of wisdom is God revealing something about the future. And God doesn't reveal all the future, but He chooses sometimes to reveal parts of the future to help believers deal with something, do with something, the plan and purpose of God. And then, uh, discerning the spirits, and you know, I just, this just grieved me when I talk to Christians that say, I've got the gift of discernment. The Bible does not say the gift of discernment. There's no such gift of the Bible called the gift of discernment. Every Christian should discern things. That means every Christian should know by the witness of the Spirit if somebody's trying to pull the wool over their eyes and lie to them. You ought to just know right there. You ought to, you ought to get grieved. You ought to get pricked. They can, man, they're lying to me. This is not right. That's not the gift of discernment. That's the Holy Spirit. Just bear witness for your spirit. There's something going on here. And every Christian, every Christian should know if somebody's telling the truth when everybody else thinks they're lying. Because the Holy Spirit bears witness for our spirit. That's not the gift of discernment. That's just picking up on something. You know, you can be a discerning person because you're discerning. That's not the gift of discernment. The gift of discerning the spirit. The word discern in this context means to see. So the discerning of spirits means to see into the spirit realm. You see demons as the spirit wills. Might see an angel as the spirit wills. Uh, the first Christian martyr, Stephen, says when he was being stoned to death, it says that Stephen looked up to heaven. It says heaven opened and said he saw Jesus standing at the right hand of God. He saw Jesus 
and he saw God on the throne because he saw into the realm of the Spirit. One time in my life, I bought and finally seen an angel one time. One time. A real angel. Back in 1980, my brother was with me for a while. We were living in an apartment. And uh tell you what, when you see a real angel one time, that's really all you ever need to see a real angel one time. It impacts you forever. We were I was living in an upstairs apartment, this old woman's house that I rented. My brother was sleeping in my living room there, a real small place on the couch. And he's taller than I am. He's kind of like Ben, David, Josh, all these guys. You know, got a midget dad or short dad. But anyway, my, I was laying there. I just went to bed. And I was kind of just kind of getting sleepy, kind of kind of that twilight type thing. You know, you went out of sleep. You're not awake. You're just right at the edge. And my eyes were closed. And all of a sudden, with my eyes closed, I saw. I thought my brother walking into the room. And my eyes were closed. I looked up. There's a great big giant angel standing there looking at me. And, and I, I started to say, John, what do you want? That's all it was. I looked up and he stayed there for an instant. Then he disappeared. And then I looked over and my door was closed. He walked right through the door with the door closed. Walked right in my room like that. And man, I tell you what, I just felt a lullaby land. I was asleep. And the next day, my brother John and I were driving to a church service, and all the way to the service there, somehow the conversation got around to something like this. You think it happened last night? I said, yeah, how about you? He said, yeah. I said, what happened to you? He said, well, I was in there on your couch. He said, demons were trying to mess with me. said, I hollered the name of Jesus. and said, a big angel come walking through the wall. We're on the, through the, wall. We're on the second story. Said, come walking through, able to walk through it, went like that, that demon went out the other wall. Said, then it walked over your door, walked right through your door, found opened it. I said, yeah, I saw it too. Well, we got to service that night and had a guest speaker that was a prophet. And the prophet said, some of you are going to have visitations of angels this week. And we looked over at the other grid and said, yeah, we had ours last night. But that was discerning of spirits. I've never seen another angel since. Although, over the last almost 40 years, I've been very conscious of their presence a lot of times when they've done things to help me in life. But that time, I saw that one. And then, uh, the word of knowledge, I'm going to talk about it because that's what we're going to look at tonight in the Word of God. The word of knowledge, word of wisdom is always future tense. The word of knowledge is always past tense or present tense. God shows you something from the past or tells you something going on right now. Well, back in 19, uh, November 1992, we pioneered our first church in the YMCA in Martinsville, Indiana. And we outgrew the YMCA in a couple months where we really was growing too big for the YMCA. So we need to get a building. And the Lord, in my heart, kept telling me he wanted us on the courthouse square in Martinsville, Indiana. At the courthouse square. I, I can't go into details what, it, details what a courthouse square is. We don't have time. But anyway, he told us the location he wanted us. And so we kept looking for a couple of weeks. We'd go there. We'd pray. We'd walk and look. And we couldn't find anything. There wasn't one place that we could find. And on the inside, the Holy Spirit kept saying, your place is on the courthouse square. It's on the courthouse square. That was a word of knowledge telling us that. So anyway, I had, I had a man that hooked up with me in the ministry. He was my first elder. 
and he was working with me, and he, he was wanting to give up. We were having a prayer meeting at our house, and we were really praying about this place God had for us. He said, well, let's go look somewhere else. I said, Tony, God said it's on the square. And so we were praying, and all of a sudden, as I looked over towards the square from my house out in the country, I saw a hairy demon spirit look like Cousin It. You know, I don't know about these modern shows, but back in the 60s, uh, 70s, they had a show called The Adams Family. They had uh, Lurch and Natasha and those people. Well, they had Cousin It, this hairy-looking, creepy-looking guy. Well, I saw the square when we were praying. All of a sudden, just as plain as I've seen you, I saw a hairy little thing about that tall with hair. And the Lord said, that's a hindering spirit. He's hindering you from getting your building. A hindering spirit, a demon spirit. That's discerning the spirits. And so all I did, because the Lord showed me that, I had authority to deal with that. I was the pastor. God wanted that church there. That hindering spirit said no. God said, there's a hindering spirit. I pointed my finger over there. And I said, you hindering spirit, let loose of our place in Jesus' name. Get out of there. And I saw like a long broom come down out of heaven. Just a broom dropped out of it. I swept it out of town. And I told Tony, I said, let's go back and get our building. We went downtown to the square. I don't know if it was that day or the next day. Went downtown there. Went walking around. And right as we were walking, there was a video store. <clears throat> and a lady walked from the back and walked right. But we was walking past the window, stuck aside of the window, said for rent. So we asked her how much. And the price was right. So we got, we got the video store and we got the apartment upstairs for $300 a month. Praise God. We were there till we bought our first building. And so what I'm telling you is this, that's revelation gifts. The Holy Spirit revealed to us in advance your place is there. The certain spirits said the devil's tried to stop it. The name of Jesus got our place. But the gifts of the spirits, what I'm telling you, they're there to profit. Did that profit? Yes, the church grew there to a hundred people, that little old uh, hillbilly town. It was really, really wonderful. So anyway, the word of knowledge is always present tense, never never future tense. And so I, I, I want to look at a couple examples of the word of knowledge in the Bible tonight to help us. It's for times flying like it usually does. Go to John chapter 4. John chapter 4. And I want you to see this. And I want you to keep in mind that these gifts of the Spirit are not for preachers only. They're for the body of Christ. They're for the congregation. They're for you in life as the Spirit wills to help you. But in John chapter 4, I'm just going to read verse 15 through 18, not go through the whole story because we don't have time for that tonight. But you remember the woman of Samaria that was at the well? Jesus told her about the living water that he had. Then get to verse 15. She was a spiritually hungry woman, wanted to know God better. So this woman saith unto him, Sir, give me this water that I thirst not, neither come hither to draw. Jesus saith unto her, Go call thy husband and come hither. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said unto her, Thou hast well said, I have no husband. He said, For you've had five husbands. (coughs) And whom thou now hast is not thy husband, and that thou sayest truly. And so this lady was seeking and spiritually hungry for the things of God. 
have the Holy Spirit manifested through Jesus, not to expose her or embarrass her, but to get her attention so she can be set free from sin and serve God. The Holy Spirit wanted this woman free from the lifestyle she was in so she could serve God. And so then as you, as you, as you follow through this story here, you get down to verse 39. I want you to notice this in verse 39. A lot of things took place between here and there. And then it says that many of the Samaritans of that city believed on him for the saying of the woman which testified. He told me all that I ever did. And so God, by the Holy Spirit, through the word of knowledge, ministered that woman in a way that opened her eyes and set her free and opened up the way for Jesus to have revival and preach in that next town. It set things free. The Holy Spirit does not manifest revelation gifts so you can see through your brother to expose your brother. Holy Spirit manifests so you can see your brother through to victory. Not so you can see through them, but so you can see them through to help them get victory. Can you see that? Jesus didn't talk to this lady try to make her look stupid. He talked to her out of the inspiration of the Holy Spirit through the word of knowledge. He said, I want you to get this. We're talking about spiritual gifts. The word of knowledge, Jesus didn't go around looking up the history, the sexual past of everybody in Samaria. But the Holy Spirit said, this woman needs set free. Let her know that God loves her. He wants to help her. Amen. Can you see that? Amen. And so I want to go to one more place. I will move as quick as I can for the sake of time. Go to Acts chapter 16. Acts chapter 16. How many are joining our study of the book of Acts this month? Well, I'll tell you what, that is lighting my fire all over again like I've never seen it before. Man, the book of Acts is so fresh and so real. I'm so excited to be going through this again. And does this fit or not with what we're doing on Wednesday nights? Man, it fits right in. But Acts chapter 16. To most of us, this is a very familiar story. But I want to show you the vital role of the word of knowledge here. Paul and Silas got in trouble because they cast the devil out of a woman. There's a young woman that had a familiar spirit that that uh, soothsayers and fortune tellers were using. That was a familiar spirit. It wasn't the Holy Spirit. I don't know if you guys, I, want to, I, I don't know if everybody knows this. We've talked about it. Ouija boards, uh, horoscopes, fortune tellers. Those are called counterfeit gifts. They're not the Holy Spirit gifts. They're demonic. If you're looking at horoscopes, studying horoscopes, it's time to quit doing it. Ask the Lord forgive you for ignorance because you didn't know. And don't look at them anymore. God's the one that wants to tell you about your future. Don't let the devil tell you about your future. God's the one knows who he wants you to marry. What he wants you to do. How to raise your children. Word of God will show you. Anything else you need to know, the Holy Spirit will tell you. Don't go seeking familiar spirits or wizards. Amen? Amen. You know, I'll just throw something out, out too. Uh, boy, the time always runs so much here. We were passing the drive-in tonight, and these guys were asking us about the drive-in and stuff like that. I said, for the last few years, I said, I get emails from the 
Barstool Theater about coming to watch movies that everything I see is pretty much demonic and stupid modern day new age stuff with demons and people jumping around, flopping around under demon power and stuff like that. I said I haven't seen a thing for years I can take my family to watch. And so if you need good entertainment, do what these guys did. They got a thing, was it called Redbox? You know, you get, you get good stuff off the internet or I guess if you still want to buy videos or rent them, do that. But you don't have to go giving your good money. I would love for our shows around here to have stuff we can go watch. I would love to go to the drive-in again, sit there with my wife and have a box of popcorn and coke and watch a movie. But I'm not going to go there to watch the demons. Don't shout me down because I'm preaching real good. <laughs> Amen. I'm just telling you, if you want more of the Holy Spirit, then don't give place to evil spirits. Give place to the Holy Spirit. And so in Acts chapter 16, this girl was operating under demon spirits. And Paul and Silas cast the devil out of her. And then they got in trouble with the authorities there. Verse 22. Verse 22 through 26. And the multitude rose up together against them. And what I just said about the movies and stuff, right, being those things, guess what? The multitude of Barstow would rise up against me if they heard me say that. Because the world that doesn't know Jesus and unlearned Christians, they don't understand the spiritual realm, how it operates. But we're not going to be the ignorant, are we? We're going to be the ones in the know for the Bible knowledge. Amen? It says, rose up against them, and, and the magistrates ran off their clothes, commanded to beat them. And when they had laid many stripes upon them, they cast them into prison, charging the jailer to keep them safely. Who, having received such a charge, thrust them into the inner prison. That's called solitary confinement. They got these guys away from the rest, from the rest of preachers, from the rest of, rest of prisoners. These guys were really dangerous. Two preachers cast the devil out of somebody. Make sure these guys don't affect the murderers or anybody else that might be there. These are preachers. They're real dangerous guys. Can you see how deceived the world is? So they put up the inner dungeon and made their feet fast in the stocks. And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God. And the prisoners heard them. And then verse 26, and suddenly... There was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened, and everyone's bands were loosed. And so Paul and Silas, beaten, feet in stocks, solitary confinement, no way of seeing another human being with their physical eyes. Can you? See, we're heading to a point here for gifts of the Spirit, what, what a great part it played in this story. Can you see that if Paul and Silas were in an inner dungeon... Solitary confinement, all the doors closed. There's no way they could know what was going on in the next room. No way they could know what was going on in the warden's apartment. No way they could know anything. Their feet were in stocks. They were in the dark dungeon in that room there. I've been getting to a point for you. I want to make sure you see this. I'm going to emphasize it. They were in solitary confinement. In solitary confinement, you have no contact with the other prisoners. You don't know what the guards are doing. You're in the dark. You're in solitary confinement. You don't know anything unless God tells you. You got that. All right. So they're in solitary confinement. And then verse 27. And the keeper of the prison, that's the warden, awakening out of his sleep and seeing the prison doors open, he drew out his sword and would have killed himself, supposing that the prisoners had been fled. And so the warden... Because he had that charge to keep these guys safely, that meant this. Back then, whoever was guarding 
serious prisoners, if they escaped, then your life was taken. So if these guys would have escaped the prison, then the authorities would have killed the warden. So rather than getting killed, he said, I'll just commit suicide. I'll fall my own sword then. And so they're in solitary confinement. The warden's somewhere else. They can't see or know anything with their eyes or their ears what that warden's doing. And so it then says, but Paul cried with a loud voice. Why do you have to cry with a loud voice? He was in the dungeon. Warden was way out there somewhere. And for them to hear him out there, he had to cry with a loud voice, say, do thyself no harm, for we are all here. And so the word of knowledge, God showed him, he revealed to him, revelation, one of the revelation's gifts, God revealed to Paul that the warden out there was about to commit suicide. Can you see that? And so you can see this wasn't something to cause trouble for the warden. This is something to save the warden's life. The gifts of the Spirit manifested to profit. Who this prophet? Well, number one, it profited the warden and his family. What was the prophet? He didn't die. He was going to die. Can you see the gifts of the Spirit in operation here? They were there. He was, he was out there. So then he called for a light and sprang in. See, he was over there. They were in there. He had to have a light to go in and see and came trembling and fell down before Paul and Silas. And so the warden from another part of the prison, they didn't have FaceTime. They didn't have TV monitors. But Paul was filled with the Holy Ghost. How many of you are filled with the Holy Ghost? Amen. Filled with the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost, through the word of knowledge, revealed to him something that the Holy Ghost wanted to know. And I'll say this about the word of knowledge. I'm sure the Holy Ghost knew everybody in that area that wanted to commit suicide. He didn't tell them everybody that wanted to commit suicide. He showed them one. That's why it's called a word. It's not the complete, the complete picture. It's just part of the picture. So the word of God revealed that about that, about that warden. And so then I want you to notice then in verse 30, at verse 31, we're coming to one of, one of Christianity's favorite passages, favorite verses. It says, and then he brought them out and says, sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. And thy house. So get this. How many here have ever quoted that verse? Acts 16, 31. God said he'd save me and save my house. Well, I'm saying it's possible that verse wouldn't be in the Bible if Paul hadn't recognized the word of knowledge. If that warden would have committed suicide, he wouldn't have been there to say, what do I need to do to get saved? And then Paul couldn't have said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, thou be shaved, shall be saved at thy house. So that's, a, that's another example in John chapter 4 and Acts chapter 16 where the gifts of the Spirit ministered to one person is spread to other people. And so thou shalt be saved at thy house. And just as we're closing, just, just a little tidbit, a lot of Bible scholars believe this warden became the first pastor of the first church of Philippi. That this church started to his family, because you'll, if you continue reading, his family received Jesus. 
they got baptized in water and then he had revival in the prison. And so anyway, I hope you all saw something tonight about the word of knowledge. The word of knowledge is very real. God wants to use you in it. He wants to use me in it. It's as the Spirit wills. Don't be afraid to let God speak stuff into your heart. And by the way, He can give you word of knowledge in a dream, in a vision, through an audible voice, lots of ways. But I know to me the the primary way God's always used me is I know that I know. You know, on Sunday morning, how many times have I said, there's somebody out here that this is going on. And then people come up here and God sets them free through the word of knowledge. And so God, sometimes when you're ministering your family or people, God will give you something like that. Don't be afraid to say, have you been having a problem with such and such? I just think God's showing me this. If they say no, they say, well, I guess I was wrong then. Or maybe they were just too bashful to say it. But the main thing is, God wants to use you. Let's stand Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit hdwc.org.